Never seen a lame man walk Never heard a dumb man talk Never seen a blind man see I promise you a pain can see Never seen a cancelled death Never seen all the poor get fed Never seen a prisoner set free I promise you a change What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you doing? It's your boy, Bigger T. And I'm joined, as always, by my man, Big C, Clint Clark. How you doing, man? Man, it is a tank top type of day. You know it what I'm is, saying? Isn't it? Let, the, hey. let the guns breathe. Hey, happy July 4th. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Independence you Day. You know, hey. did you hear that, like, canceled has an extra L in it? In in England, it does because we handed it to him in 1776. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Hey, I, um, stole, I stole it, but I'll, I'll be like, we'll say I made it up. It, it feels like it's been forever since we've been here, man. Two two week two week hiatus. Um, two week hiatus. Happened. Yeah, man. You know, I was on vacation one week. Went to. Uh, Went to Vegas with the boys, and uh, anyway, did you return broke? I did return broke. I, you know, I don't take. I never take more in than what I can afford. Yeah, I just can't. Do you need good food? I did. We went to the Brazilian steakhouse, and uh, I did encounter the meat sweats. Oh, good, good. So, yeah, I mean, I like that's bring always. On, I'm bringing all them skewers of meat. The meats, the meat sweats are the only sweats I like. <laughs> yeah, and then um. And then, uh, yeah, then we went to Hash House of Go-Go, which is like my favorite place in Vegas. You know, uh, I got a blueberry lemon glaze pancake. Wow. It was pretty phenomenal. That does it, sound phenomenal. Now, Nelly, he got the uh, – Matt Nelson, my college roommate, a former starting left tackle for the Arkansas Tech University. Um, he got like – eggs benedict like i had like a chicken like a fried chicken patty on top of it mm -hmm. and it just like i wish i would have got that yeah just looked phenomenal that happens sometimes at good restaurants like that you i mean you're happy with what you got but then you see what someone right. else got and you kind of get envious you're like oh man wish man. i had both <laughs> i was thinking about the biscuits and gravy and i was like man like it was it's like i there's so much there that i just yeah like i want to try because why that's why i go every time i'm in las vegas but uh well with your traveling stomach issues you've had in the past the gravy yeah. may have staying away right, from yeah. gravy might have been a good call <laughs> yeah just, I just always it seems like i always have stomach issues when i travel I, I, well i know that's why i said it i get every, i get anxious so yeah every trip you go on it seems like yeah, I, least have, yeah. I at least have a bad i don't know when the last time that i went on a trip yeah and i didn't have about a diarrhea <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's why Clint is an oversharer, people. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> right, we learned about Big C and diarrhea today. <laughs> we'll dub this way. We already had a diarrhea episode, but this could be diarrhea. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, yeah. At least we're just talking about it now. We're just it talking about it. We're not like you didn't have to run off that, in the middle of that. Right, so. Because that was the one episode that you got. Well, it's not the one episode. There's been several, but you got long-winded. I did, yeah. I, I was, just was like, please. I was please. trying to fill the time, yeah. And I'm like, I got to go. It's <laughs> like, shut this go. thing off. <laughs> but, I've, but, but now, to my credit, I've learned what that look looks like now for you. So yeah, like, <laughs> look I've, I've learned what Travis Shut Up looks like. So... <laughs> So, yeah. I got that figured out. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, so, and man, while we've been on break here, uh, while we've had our little two week uh, sabbatical or whatever you call it, um, there, you know, there's been some bad news. There has been. And uh, there's been some uh, very sad, disappointing news. And um, yeah, with one of the 
arguably the greatest quarterback to play at Arkansas, Ryan Mallett, yeah. uh, drowned out in Florida. Yeah. And um, I would definitely put him in the top three or four. Yeah. It's, you know, it's hard to compare with the, the, you know, because you got the Brad Taylors, you got the Joe Ferguson's, you know, you got, you got those guys, but that's a, a different era. And we've probably never seen an arm like, like, uh, like Ryan Mallett for sure. Uh, I, I would take, I would probably take KJ over him in our lifetime. Um, but man, Ryan's probably a close second, you know, and there, it's just, uh, you know, and this, this is our, you know, this is our Holy Snikes this week. And it's, you know, a lot of times Holy Snikes are funny things for us, but this one, of course, is not at all because it was shocking, you know. It's one of those things when you see it on Twitter, you're thinking, okay, hopefully that's a joke. And then um, then you find out it's not a joke. And, um, you know, what was he, 35 years old? Yeah, just – And um, his young, head young. coach at uh, Whitehall. Was it Whitehall? Yeah, was it? Yeah, he's head coach at Whitehall over in Pine Bluff or outside, just outside of Pine Bluff and uh, doing some good things there. And now, Clint, let's, let's, you know, a lot of people are talking about these kind of things, but hey, we're, you know, what what's one of your favorite Ryan Mallet memories? Oh, my goodness. Just, you know, it just, you go back to a lot of them games where he just was just on fire. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, it was early on. You know, I, I remember him quarterbacking that LSU game to get us to the first ever BCS bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, how many times did he hit Joe Adams or somebody like that over the middle? Um, well, that end of the half play, man, that fourth, yeah, and, was it fourth and three at the end of the half? That was what, Colby Hamilton? Uh, or was it, yeah, or was it, no, yeah, I can't remember, but I mean, he just some of the. I mean, Those two safeties hard. ran into each other, and yeah, and Dude, he threw I, he threw a rope. When when it comes to throwing the long ball, I don't. Man, you know, man had man was blessed with a rocket. How about yourself? That that LSU uh, play, um, you know, there was a couple things I just remember about him. Um, there, he took off on a couple runs, <laughs> you know. And he wasn't known for his speed, you know, but he, you know, he, he took off on a run, got a first down one time and got up like, that's what I do folks, <laughs> you know, like, like it was no big deal. Like he's the least likely quarterback to run, you know, and uh, he just took off and that, you know, uh, you know, I mean, it was slow, <laughs> it wasn't yeah. fast, but, but it, you know, made the defense think, and you know he got he got a first down. You know, um, I loved hearing a lot of the stories. You know, of course, on the buzz, they talked a lot about it. people were calling in, telling stories about um, just different things he did. Um, but one of my favorites was Tyler Wilson called in to the buzz, and was, they were talking about him. And Tyler's like, you know, when Petrino was there, he said, "I was I was scared of Petrino." He said, "You know." I didn't, he said, I didn't go to his office unless I was getting in trouble, you know? So I definitely didn't just go in there and hang out. He said, Ryan would go in there and hang out. He said, he'd go in, sit in his chair, <laughs> just hang out, get on his computer, you know, just <laughs> like, like it was nothing. <laughs> said, uh, you know, and, and even, even Petrino man put out some, a great message and, uh, he called into the bus and talked and talked about him and, uh, his memories of him and, you know, talk, called him one of the best quarterbacks he's ever coached. And um, so it's a – you feel for those those kids at Whitehall. You feel for his family. I don't know if you've heard, but his mom put out a post yesterday. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because apparently, you know, there, there was a little bit of – I don't want to call – I guess that you'd call it controversy, you know, surrounding – his death. Yeah. Luke, well, no, Luke Matheson um, put out that he had died be- before the, his mom could let all the family know. And she's pretty upset about that. Yeah. Um, she's, 
and and Luke's and and Luke knew Ryan personally, I believe. So I'm sure it's it's eating him up that she's upset about it. Um, yeah, probably. And so I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not at all trying to drag him under you know um, drag him under the fence or nothing like that. I mean, it's you know, but <clears throat> that's one of those things as a media person you have to think about and. You know, and of course, she's unhappy right now, and so she's not going to be happy with anything that happened. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, it's just a it's a tragic deal, man. It just really is a tragic, tragic deal. De definitely, uh, you would call him gone too soon. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Hundred percent. So, lots of prayers for his family and uh, and um those students at Whitehall, you know, he, there's a story out about, um, he had a student that got killed last year and, um, how he took care of the kid's mom and has, you know, continued to take care of her since then. I think local news station did that, uh, story on them. So, and, uh, you know, his, you know, his family comes from up there where you live near mallet town did you know that i did not know that in fact in the in the obituary um in lieu of flowers they asked people to send money to the mallet town cemetery fund or something so oh. yeah that's, that's uh i don't know if he's gonna be buried in mallet town or not but well i mean but still that's that's where his that's his people so he's related to all uh, the mallets we went to high school with yeah so we did go to high school with some mallets now. There's lots of mallets. And they're, they're good. They're entertaining folks. We're good. Right. I'll, I'll never forget prom. Yeah. Never. No. Or class president, Mr. Jesse Mallet. That's right. Took off his top hat. <laughs> and revealed the road warrior animal hair, dude. That's right. <laughs> and as he said, as he's given his speech about don't do anything stupid tonight. <laughs> And by the way, he had uh, come to prom on a motorcycle, and for the meal, he went through McDonald's drive-through. <laughs> so that that's a mallet for you. That's, that that's, a, that's so, a good mallet for you. So yeah, there you go. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, Ryan's gonna live forever and a lot of memories. And you know, one thing that, that struck me is that you know you're watching all these highlights of him, and I think about his arm strength, and we all talk about the big arm, and you know the. The cross the middle, <clears throat> there's the Joe Adams, Kobe Hamilton, mm. Jarius Wright, you know, Child, mm. all them guys. You, you, he hit a lot of check downs that were just yeah. on the money, too. There was a lot of will routes to Ronnie Wingo that, that in there and Nile Davis. I mean, just his ability yeah. to check down, too. Like, he, he took what he was a very, very good quarterback. He was, he was, he was, he was smart about it. And, yeah. And you're right. Um, that's one of the things that differentiates him from <clears throat> from me from like a Clint Sterner. Because both of them have big arms. You know, Sterner had a Sterner had a big arm. But Sterner would he was a little bit like Favre. He would he would throw it as hard as he could every chance he get, got. Mm -hmm. Where Ryan had probably a bigger arm, but he knew when to take something off of it on those intermediate and short routes. And yeah. He could put some touch on it. And that's one thing that impressed me about him <clears throat> from the beginning when he first got to Arkansas is he knew how to do that already. You know, Sterner learned that by the end of his career. But when he first started playing, Sterner was ripping it into, you know, tight ends on little five-yard outs and, you know, just blowing it up. They they couldn't catch it, you know, just bouncing off their hands. He's throwing it so hard. Yeah. Or on a, on a screen pass, he's throwing it too hard to the – running back and stuff but you know i think and not to just completely i think a lot of that is the skills and drills now yeah yeah all these quarterbacks are doing that's why you're seeing them advance at such a yeah at such a quicker rate you know clint sterner's got his thing where he trains quarterbacks yeah like a well, lot of and them. part of that was that the change in quarterback coaches yeah at that time when sterner was there helped him and you know yeah. mallet had already had um you know yeah who who was it that was at Michigan? Was it Harbaugh that no it wasn't Harbaugh? It wasn't Harbaugh. It was um, it wasn't Rich Rod. 
Because Rich Rod came in, that's why he left. Yeah, yeah, he left. I think it was they were going to run. Car? Was he, did he play under Lloyd Carr? May have been, but anyway, uh, he he definitely had some good training. He had he had he definitely. You're right. He he had some good training. Well, I, I, I think anymore, even just high school kids nowadays. I mean, there's so much more crap. Yeah, you know, out there, there's so much more extra training. Yeah. Like KJ just left California from an elite quarterback mm. camp. You know. Yeah. Well, and that's similar to, you know, it's like we interviewed Bart Reed. You know, if you hadn't watched that podcast, go back and watch it. Um, you know, for basketball, you got people like him mm-hmm. in the state now that, you know, same thing with football, you know, with football and baseball that are doing private lessons for people, you know, and yeah. kids nowadays, you know, you can, you have a, you know, 12 year old that's got a pretty good arm. He can start working with a private quarterback coach right away you yeah. know and and have years of good training whereas like when we were coming up if you were a quarterback you just whatever the school had you know if the school was yeah. to have a good quarterback coach you got lucky you got some good training you know but yeah no it, it, it is completely it, it the game's completely i mean that aspect of it mm. and that wasn't me just Sticking up for Clint Sterner, that was just that's just the reality. Is how oh, yeah, was. yeah. No, and Sterner did great, man. Sterner, Sterner had other things too, man. Sterner, oh, had, yeah. he was gritty, you know. He had, he had, you know, like I said, I wasn't talking bad about Brett Favre by saying he did that, you know. He yeah. just sometimes he wouldn't think and just throw it too hard, you know. And, um, you know, that's he's still one of the greatest ever, you know. So, um, anyway, everybody has a little bit of a you know, glitch in their game, I guess. They, oh, they, yeah, yeah. No, but I understand. But, yeah, just the opportunities and all that nowadays. Yeah. But Brian's going to be missed. And, uh, I, man, I was anxious to see what he would do at Whitehall. Whitehall was a good situation for him. They they get some good athletes. And um, I was anxious to see what he was going to be able to do there, and uh, especially with his offensive mind. So, it's, uh, it's sad we won't get to see that. So, well – Another thing that happened, uh, Clint, while we were on hiatus, was the NBA draft. We saw some Razorbacks. Um, we did. Like, they a record record amount of Razorbacks drafted. Um, three, three drafted. Was that correct? Mm-hmm. All the every five star freshman. I do think you know from early in the season. I think the projections. You know, I think. Jordan Jordan struggled a lot during the season. And I think he he slid down into the second round. And I think Nick being hurt all year um really, really hurt him. And he never did yeah. get to show yeah. off what he could. But if if you ask me, and I know we probably got people turning this off right now because they're like they're talking in bed. We're talking Razorbacks into the NBA. Yeah. Um like, you know, Anthony Black went to Orlando. Mm-hmm. I heard he really didn't want to do because they had a lot of point guard depth. Um, yeah, and they're talking like he's going to end up playing like a maybe a two. Um, some you know I don't know if he'll get to play. I don't know if he'll get to be the on the ball guy as much there. I'll tell you. Let's let's just talk about each of the where where each of them went. Okay. Yeah. Um, Black, I worry about that one because I think Orlando is. Uh, uh, I think they're trying to rebuild, and they're they're going to trying to rebuild since they lost Shaq. Yeah, and, and that's they're them. in perpetual rebuilding. Yeah, yeah, they're and, in perpetual rebuilding. You know, it's a it's a you know you never can tell, you know, when they're going to have the guy that turns it around. But it's like it's almost like Orlando's a G League team. Yeah. If they're just a feeder for other teams. It, it maybe, maybe he'll, you know, we're obviously going to pull for the kid, mm. but I, I just don't know. I mean, Orlando's one of them teams that may sneak in and get the sixth seed one year. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah. that, that seems like their ceiling. Of course, we'd have said that about the Milwaukee Bucks, and it just takes one special player like Giannis to, you know, yeah, to yeah, it, and and that's and I think that's what they're hoping for is to get that one special. You know, yeah, uh, guy somewhere down the line, um, and I'm not sure. You know, I'm not. I'm not. 
I don't think black is that one special guy, you know. Um, I think he can be an excellent sidekick to that one special guy. You know what I mean? I think I think he can be the 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 other guy with the the special guy to make a special team down the line. Um, but they're gonna they're gonna have to they're gonna have to work on that. And I think um, they say Black's really been working on his outside shot a lot. That he's that that's what he's been spending his time on since the season was over, and that he impressed a lot of the uh, NBA teams in his workouts with this his outside shooting. Um, so that's if he can continue that track, you know, that'll help him a lot. You know, because there's one thing he's got in spades is his ability to drive to the basket and be physical, especially against other guards, because he is so long, you know, he's six six, you know. Yeah. So um hopefully he does well there. I guess the next one to go was Nick Smith, went to Charlotte. What do you think Nick, about Nick that pick? Smith and man, I am crazy about the draft Charlotte has. Yeah, I'm not an NBA fan by this year. I'm like I watched the I watched the NBA Finals probably the first time in forever. That's because I really was enjoying watching Denver and the way they played basketball together. Yeah, I mean it, it was team basketball. It was crisp. It was, it was you know it looked what basketball should look like in my opinion. Yeah. Um. Now, now they had um Charlotte had the three pick. Number three, and they drafted Brandon Miller. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember from Alabama? Yeah, um, I think he was he was a top five recruit coming in to the season, mm-hmm. and he chose to go to Alabama, unfortunately. But that's fine; we'll forgive him. <laughs> uh, then I think was it twenty sixth or twenty seventh? Somewhere I in there, I can't remember. It, exactly. was in the, it was in the late mid to late twenties. Mm-hmm. They picked up Nick Smith Jr. Who, if you looked at before the season on a lot of mock drafts in the preseason, had him as like the first college kid taken. Yeah. I mean, it was him and Brendan Miller were, they pretty much got preseason. Well, if you were to look back before this college season, mm-hmm. they pretty much got the two best college players. Right? Yeah. I mean, Scoot Henderson was, you know, I mean, he was, yeah. GD, yeah. Um, and then I'm going to butcher his name, the kid from France. The seven foot four guy, uh, Victor. When, uh, yeah, that he's yeah, oh, Victor's, yeah, he, yeah. He, I mean, they they were they were one and two, yeah, pretty much. But if 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 Brandon Miller lives up to the hype that he had coming out of college, mm. Nick Smith gets healthy, that is a turn your franchise around type of draft. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I really believe. I mean, I wholeheartedly believe that if these two guys can get it yeah they really can they it is a turn your franchise around top draft and if i you know well, i lived in carolina for a while they've got to be excited the other thing they have going for them is charlotte's had consistency in the front office ownership wise now they made a switch recently okay jordan short sold off his majority shares or whatever, I think. And I think that's right. And they've, they're trying to get some more, you know, but it sounds like, the, you know, from what I'm hearing, a lot of the people are happy with what they've done and it's the ownership. Okay. And that makes a huge difference as a Cleveland Brown fan. I can tell you <laughs> the ownership stability makes a huge and and, Front office stability makes a huge difference on how well these teams do in professional ranks. And I think that's that's one of the best parts of that situation is it looks like they're trying to do the right things as far as that goes. Now, we'll see how long it lasts, hopefully. Yeah. But I think you're right. I mean, you look at it. And and I and I had a, you know, I've been kind of defending Nick Smith to some friends. Um, I got some friends that I'm in a text group with. And they're like, he didn't even deserve to go there. He should have stayed in school. Um, you know, they they really have been down on him. Okay. 
and they don't they don't think he's any good honestly they don't think he's they don't see what the hype is about him and i don't know clint i just saw something different when i saw him on the court last year yeah there were times he struggled there was there was times he struggled but there was also times when i saw his intensity and his his play was was next level compared to the people around him well and, he would go ahead i interrupted you well, no, and I, I just think – I think there were some other reasons he didn't get in the flow of the offense. I think some of it was just, like I've talked about before, was too many people trying to be the same chess piece at one time on the on the court for well, most of them. You know, and there's a little bit for us, the fans, of I, I want to say a Mitch Mustang situation. Yeah. And let me – elaborate when I say that and this is a lot of it there is no way Mitch Mustang was what the number one overall recruit oh yeah, yeah. five-star quarterback Mr. Mm. Everything you know we couldn't wait to have him on campus you know um there was no way Mitch was ever going to live up to expectations no zero no people were expecting to come in throw for 500 yards a game and go have a hundred percent completion percentage. Yeah. Just wasn't the situation. Yeah. Um, but you know, and it got so bad that he was like, deuces, I'm out. Yeah. On the Southern Cal because just the expectations he wanted to go somewhere where he could just be the guy. Mm-hmm. We're an Arkansas kid that hard, highly recruited. When you're just that highly recruited and you're coming to Arkansas, people expect you to, you know, they expect you to move water. They expect you to move mountains. They, that that's what they mm-hmm. expect. He was a true freshman that was hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, his, his growing pains was during the nut cutting time of the season. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to figure out the team had already somewhat gelled. Yeah, he he was in it. He was literally in a no win situation. Yeah, in my opinion, he he was in a no win yeah. situation. And you know, in somebody like Bart Reed, who you know knows him really well, who's around the top level guys, mm-hmm. you know, if, you know, guys like that know what they're talking about. Yeah. They do. Obviously, you know, probably a lot of probably the reasons he fell to the, uh, as late as he did was because, you know, his knee issues. I mean, people like, okay, is this going to be a recurring thing? Mm-hmm. If they get it right, then they get it, you know, it's going to be mm-hmm. good. Cause now, now they've got Brandon Miller, they got one of the ball brothers, the best of the ball brothers. Mm-hmm. And and they've got Nick Smith. I mean, it could be in a couple of years that Charlotte's scary. Yeah. They they I mean they yeah. that team has some potential. And I, I'm I'm gonna be excited. I'm I really think that they have the best chance to turn themselves around in the draft. Yeah. Um, obviously the the victor women yeah. Obviously, there he's he's a franchise turning around. You know. <laughs> that guy's nuts, man. That is, I was he, listening to you know, and, and I want to get into what I what it remind me to come back to what I'm thinking right now, um, because it could have been a holy snikes moment at ES, all the ESPN layoffs. But oh, I remember Jeff Van Gundy, they, him they were talking about you know how late you know Jimmy Butler was the last pick of the first round, mm. and uh, then um. Oh, Jokic, Nico Jokic. Mm. He was uh, he was drafted in the second round during Taco Bell commercial. They said, you know, that just goes to show you. And then Jeff McGinley said, I'll take it. LeBron James is number one, too, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you don't yeah. have to have these picks. I would take LeBron at number one. Yeah. Um, yeah so that, right. that, 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 that cracked me up. Like, yeah, these late round picks. So, so yeah, that, I think they got them. He was a no-brainer number one pick. But I think what Charlotte did, I think is really nice and it's building the team for the future. And I think, you know, in a couple of years, because I believe they just signed re-signed ball to like a rookie supermax contract, which is just I think they're giving out monopoly money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like like they're like it's like 40 million yeah. to players. I'm like, I can take that guy one on one. Crazy talk, yeah. Crazy talk, especially me taking anybody that played in the NBA one on one. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Well, and, and the last thing on Nick Smith is this. Look, folks, there's a reason. There's a reason every expert just about had him as a top five pick, you know, before, you know, coming out of high school. And if he would have went, if he honestly, if he would have went to uh, that G League Ignite team, like he thought about doing, and he would have made money going there. I mean, you know, he'd have made a lot more than he made in NIL, I guarantee you. And he probably would have still stayed a top pick going there, yeah. even even with an injury, because people wouldn't have paid – they don't pay attention to those quite as much, right? And he probably would have just focused on getting better instead of trying to get his one year in of – of of college but he wanted to be a razorback he, he, he wanted to be a razorback kamani told us that bart reed told us that both of them know him personally and um he wanted to get that one year in and and be a razorback and play as many games as he could and so um but there's a reason all those scouts and all those nba guys were hyping him up there's a reason he had five stars okay and you don't you don't get to see that even in the ones that have decent years, you know, there's more to, you know, Anthony black had a good year at Arkansas. There's more to him than we saw in this one year at Arkansas. When he goes and plays in Orlando for two or three years, we're going to start seeing some stuff out of him. That's going to blow our minds. Okay. And Anthony black played well enough this year. He actually improved his projections. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and it's, and it's, it's only going to get better. You know, these are still, man, these kids ain't done growing yet, some of them. No, they're 18, 19-year-old kids. Yeah. I think Scoot Henderson was 17, and he just got drafted. Yeah. So, Played in the G League. So don't don't write them off yet. And, and the, by the way, the last one, uh, of course, is um, Walsh. Um, Who probably went to the best situation. Yeah. And uh, if you follow if you follow him on social media and, and some stuff, Boston's loving him. <laughs> they're they're talking him up, and he's talking Boston up, and he he's excited to be there. And I'm telling you, he's another one that we didn't see all that he's got. He no. was trying to find his role. He was trying to find his place on the team this year. I guarantee you, in year two at Boston, he's gonna we're gonna look and say, is that the same guy that played at Arkansas? I I have no doubt about that. I mean, there's a reason he had those five stars. Yeah, all three of those guys have potential through the roof. Yeah, um, Walsh obviously dropped to the second round, and he'll and he'll get a lot. He'll get a lot of playing time in because when they don't need him, they'll probably put him down in their G League team. Yeah, yeah. So he can just get he just get minutes. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look uh, Moses Moody. He spent a lot of time doing that, and he was a lottery pick. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, I think having them three drafted, you know, I think that was that was good. That's good for Arkansas. I mean, yeah. When you get if you're a five star recruit, you gotta look at it like, okay, I could go there and I could be one and done and I could get yep. there. Um, if I'm a low four star four star recruit, I don't know if I go to Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, that's right. just yeah. based off you know, what you see with Ford and Barry Dunning and all them guys, yeah. but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So so now I hinted at it when we were talking. Did you hear about all the ESPN layoffs? Oh my goodness! Like, what I is think going they on? You were even employed there. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you this: Have you ever listened to the ESPN Morning Show with Max and Jay Will? And uh, I have, yeah, some I have, yeah. It's terrible. Okay. It was, it I don't was, listen a lot. Well, I listen to it a lot because uh, I normally wake up on a weekday uh, before before the buzz gets started, you know, before six o'clock. So like I'm usually up by like five 30 or so. So I listen to like last to about 30 minutes of it before I mm-hmm. turn, turn it over to the buzz. And it's the same discussions every day. Even it's, it's just the same discussions. It's either, they're either talking about Aaron Rodgers or they're talking about LeBron James every, every, time i mean it's just it's the same same stuff 
and it was it just wasn't it just wasn't a good i mean you know i I cut my teeth in sports radio you know listening to sports radio on mike and mike and tony kornheiser they're not the old man and so that was a that was sort of a failed deal anyway so i wasn't surprised they i mean i i didn't i, I didn't want those guys to get fired because i i think as far as commentators like during games and during you know in the studio commentators they do a good job you know Keyshawn does a great job that jay will does a great job commentating on nba stuff you know max so, so, max is a good talker so and if you're Jalen rose how do you feel they fire you and your ex-wife still employed there yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy yeah that was a, yeah that was uh yeah crazy. so which firing surprised you the most from over there or layoff i mean they're still getting paid to 2024 and they can get new jobs so it's not like espn did them dirty, dirty i don't know if it surprised me but the saddest to me was um oh heck what's his name uh defensive end from georgia yeah david pollock Pollock, yeah, I like Pollock. I thought he brought, I thought he brought a lot to College Game Day and stuff. He wasn't a huge Arkansas fan. He was usually pretty down on Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, he's a Georgia guy. What do you expect? Um, yeah, I just I loved watching him play when he was at Georgia, and then I remember talking to Matt Jones one time about him, and uh, he was telling me just what it was like going against him, and you know, because you know Matt. Wasn't bothered too bad by defensive ends, but Pollock was a tough one for him. Yeah, you know, I would uh, I would say Susie Susie Colbert surprised me. Susie Colbert was that 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 did surprise me. Yeah, that that one she that did to me, to me, me she was like the female Berman. Yeah, like she got like she should have been able to go out when she wanted to go out. That well, that it's especially me. yeah, especially yeah, that one did surprise me because she's good. I mean, she's she's talented. And we're living in a world where they're they're trying to get more women in those jobs because there's more qualified women now. I mean these, I mean these women are they know their stuff and they do a good job, and so they're you know they're you know companies want to show that hey we'll hire you if you know if you do a good job and you know your stuff, yeah. we'll hire you. And especially a lady like her that's been doing it for a little bit longer time you'd think they want to keep her around. And uh, so that, yeah, that one, that one did surprise me there. Well, and, and it had to be a financial thing contract wise. Oh yeah. And Jalen Rose surprised me too, not just because they still employ his ex-wife, yeah. but I mean, Jalen and Jacoby was a good radio show. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed that one. I enjoyed yeah. that one. You know, you mentioned you cut your teeth on them guys. I would definitely say, you know, the guy I cut my teeth on was Jim Rome. I love Jim Rome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that I listened to um, I listened to Rome. Uh, Rome came up about a little later, you know. Uh, you know, I was I was listening to Mike and Mike when they first started, Tony yeah. Kornheiser when they first started. But I was working, um, I was I was working in Conway, and um, I'd listen. They they had an ESPN radio outlet there, ninety two point seven, I believe. And I would listen to them, and man, I loved like Mike and Mike would have me rolling, man. Well, and and actually, it was, uh, no, and then Dan Patrick, uh, yeah, Dan Patrick and Rob Dibble, still the funniest, the funniest radio I've ever heard in my life. Funniest radio was Dan Patrick, Rob Dibble, you know, the old um, pitcher for the. When he Philly said he was uh, for the Reds, yeah, he was part of the what was that group they had? The um, I know you're talking about, yeah, anyway, bad boys or something like that. Anyway, he um, when Ichiro came in the league, he said, you know, people were saying Ichiro was going to win the batting title, and he said, Ichiro will not win the batting title. He said, There's no way a player from Japan is going to come in here as rookie year, even though he's older. You know, because he came over here, he was a little older than, you know, most rookies. He said, no way he's going to win the batting title. He said, if he wins the batting title, I will get his name tattooed on my butt cheek 
and run through Central Park naked. Well, Ichiro won the battle. Right, yeah. So they wouldn't let him naked. They wouldn't let him do it naked. But he got his name. He's he got permanently tattooed on his butt cheek. Ichiro in Japanese. <laughs> it was the Japanese symbols instead of instead of just the English word Ichiro. And he wore a thong <laughs> and he jogged through Central Park with it. And Dan probably Patrick, the strangest thing that happened in Central Park. <laughs> it probably was. Oh, hey, another guy, you know. But I think I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but there was somebody like following him along that was, you know, commentating, talking to Dan Patrick while he was doing it, and it was the funniest radio <laughs> I ever listened to. But yeah, yeah no. Uh, yeah, go ahead. But it's just sad seeing those people. Anytime someone loses their job, man, it's sad. But. It was pretty shocking. So, but now back to basketball. Now that we got off of that tangent, big announcement came through this week for Razorback basketball out with the SEC Big 12 challenge. That's right. It's over. It's done with. It, it is, it is, it is very rare when you see one of these challenges and you look at it and go, that's the biggest game and it yeah. involves Arkansas. Yeah, because usually that thing's kind of gonna go to Kentucky. I don't remember who Kentucky got in the ACC. Kentucky got Miami. Okay, so yeah, I I would say by far the biggest game is the Duke Blue Devils. Yeah, on a Saturday night, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. In Budwalton. Yeah. Prime time in Budwalton Arena, the Duke Blue Devils. Yeah. You know, who, you know who is the most excited about this game? Who is the most excited out of anybody could possibly be excited about this game? Who's that? Got to be Sam Pittman. Yeah. Got to be. I, every recruit there is. Yeah. He's going to want to come to that game. I yeah. mean, you're like, come to this game. Come, come. We're, you're going to go. We'll take you to a basketball game. I mean, it's. It's going to be a big recruiting weekend. You know, Musselman's going to have them down. Bud Walton's going to be sold out. Man. Okay, Clint. The teams, as a Razorback fan, for some reason, you love to hate. Oh, Duke. Duke's on that list, right? Yeah. Duke, Duke, Duke is on that list. Duke... And in basketball, kind of, it's probably it's in basketball, it's probably Duke, Kentucky. Yeah. Duke, Duke is basically the Alabama of basketball. Mm-hmm. Or maybe more the Ohio State. Um, you know, they're just yeah, yeah. They're good gummit. I just want to punch them in the face, but they're so freaking good. Yeah, you know, and they're not necessarily in the conference. I would say Kentucky's the Alabama of basketball in in the SEC, but, but yeah. yeah, Duke just that. Ohio State, they're just always good, mm. and they had a good. They, they were a little bit down this year because you know the first what first season without Coach K. Yep. Um, but they still had a good season. They NCAA tournament team, and and they're coming to they're coming to Bud Walton, which is what's just huge. Yeah, they don't play many road games. Gotta, we yeah. typically get hosed in these type of things. Yeah. And. And to give them that type of game, but I think a lot of that was you saw the way the crowd showed up and showed out last year all season long. Yeah, I th- I think they're like, okay, let's let's give them that environment. But now y'all go to that game and you act right. Don't be mooning no basketball player. That's right. Yeah. No, that's man. That's gonna be a huge game. You're right. Sam Pittman's gonna love it. You're exactly right. Nail on the head there, man. He's gonna yeah. love it because he's gonna every recruit's gonna want to come to that one. And they're going to come and see that environment that night. And and I think that year, Clint, I think we have Kentucky twice, too. Yeah. I think we play Kentucky twice and then Duke. That's So we're going to have Kentucky at home and Duke yeah. at home. That's some big games, man. But but that's the type of level that I think Musselman has brought back to, the, to Arkansas. Yep. yep. It is – is because I don't know if you remember when I think it was uh oh when Calipari was at Memphis and the Arkansas Memphis mm-hmm. was a traditional 
game, and he's like, we're not playing Arkansas anymore. We need to. Yeah. Because we're no longer nationally relevant. Yeah. And Calipari was right. Yeah. I think that was back when uh, may have been Cal, uh, not Cal, not a, um, Pelfrey was in Arkansas. Yeah. That kind of, yeah. Or it may have been, yep. they don't want to play. And what, can, what can we do? I mean, it's just, so the fact that, you know, it had fallen. And I think, uh, you know, I think Anderson, to his degree, he mm-hmm. came in and stabilized it. Definitely left it better than he found it. Yeah. Then, you know, Musman's just taking it to another level. So, well, and as you mentioned, no, normally we get the raw end of the stick on the scheduling stuff, right? And so that, I want to say, segue a little bit into football because I happened on a video of uh, Josh Pate from Outkick. Okay. I think he's with 2747 Sports or whatever. Their national guy, and he was talking about Arkansas, and he was, he was talking about how Arkansas, you know, is, does have some questions, you know, on everything, and he talked about, you know, how, you know, um, and we'll talk about a little more about the position uh, questions that they have. I don't want to talk about that a little bit, but he said the biggest thing is. And we've talked about it on here before is the schedule. Even though this schedule this year is not the hardest schedule we've had, it's the fact that for four weeks straight, we're on the road outside the state. Yeah. And then we come home from Mississippi State and then we go to Auburn. So we got, uh, we Are you got, sure Auburn's not coming to us? Because we were at Auburn last year. Okay, well, maybe so maybe someone else. But yeah, we have um, you know, we'll we'll have BYU at home. Right. And then we have uh the AM game, Ole Miss on the road, then Alabama. Uh, you know, in the the A and M games at, um, at uh, in Texas. So even though it, you know it's it's a neutral site, it's still our guys right. won't be home. Anyway, so for four weeks straight, we're on the road. I forget what the other one is. Do you got the schedule there? Yeah. So you got so you finish BYU, then you go to LSU. Oh, that's right. LSU's first. And then AM, then Ole Miss, and then Alabama. So that's a rough four game stretch. That's those are four good teams. I mean, then I think LSU's I think LSU's gonna be fighting for a national championship this year. Yeah. Sadly. I, I like I hate that middle part, but I like the way it begins and ends. I like I do like the way it begins and ends, but that middle yeah. part, and then you come home from Mississippi State, right? And then who's after yeah, them? Mississippi State. Then you go to Florida, who's who's got some questions. I, I yeah. mean, they're Florida. They're going to have that's, – That's more of a winnable game than it has been in the past, right? Yeah, and then Auburn comes home. Then you have FIU, which I hate those late season, you know, non – if it's up to me, I'd do four non-conference games, one, two, three, four, and then I do conference play. I don't try to step out of it. Well, the but only I, good the only good thing about the FAIU FIU I threw an A in there somewhere. Anyway. Yeah, just extra letters. Yeah, just minor in there. Numbers and stuff. Um but the good thing about that game though, Clint, I think is it's almost like if you do it right, okay, if if we do it right, it's a only play your guys a half, your starters a half. Get them some rest. Get them stretched out good, but get them some rest before you go into that Missouri game. It's similar to what it's similar to what Alabama does every year. Alabama has a tune-up game before their that yeah. Auburn game every year. Yeah. You know, and so um, I don't mind that. I don't mind that too much having that because even though it's not a bye week, it's a uh, it's a week that if you play it right, and not, now you got to play it right, and this team has not, you know, we didn't play it right against Missouri State last year. So, yeah. 
we still got to prove we can do those games the right way. But well, you even heard we had Cam Ball on the podcast. He even said, "Yeah, we kind of thought we were going to be able to just roll out there and win." Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you got to go out there and you got to decide. You know, we're going to have them down so bad at half that our starters are going to play one drive in the second half, and then that's it. You, well, you know, part of the reason every game was scary last year yeah. was because we're secondary. I mean, it yeah. was. Yeah. Now, I'm going to read you something from Pro Football Focus, and you tell me, does this make you feel worse or better? Yeah. All right. Pro okay. Football Focus. Hold on. Let me. I was on it, and now I'm not. Okay. Highest-graded safeties. I'm going to just read the top five. Um, returning. Uh, Wesley Walker from Tennessee at number one. Number two, Hudson Clark. Highest-graded safeties. Zeon Childers from Kentucky. Number four, Al Walcott, um, the transfer from Baylor, who transferred to Arkansas, and C.J. Taylor. So two of the top five returning safeties in the SEC play for the University of Arkansas. That make you feel better or worse? It doesn't make me feel better, Clint. Why is that? Because it does make me – well, and, and I think me and you talked about it beforehand, so I, I have feelings on this. I mean, Go ahead, allow share your feelings, Travis. My feelings are we had the last ranked pass defense in, in NCAA last year. The last ranked big play defense in the SEC last I mean in the nation last year. And Hudson Clark was on that team. And even though there was times, I'm not I'm not gonna say it was always his fault, but there was times it looked like it was his fault on some plays. Now there he made some also good plays, okay? And he's I love the guy. I really do. I mean, he's he's a guy that somehow he keeps going out there and winning that spot. And I'm proud of him for that. Okay. And I'll always remember the big interception games at Ole Miss, okay? But I'm hopeful for the guy at Baylor, you know, the what's his name, Walcott? Yeah, Walcott. Yeah. I'm hopeful for that. That makes me feel better about him. But I still want him to prove it on the field. And maybe – Maybe it wasn't Hudson's fault. Maybe it was some other people's faults. We'll see. But I don't know. I I I don't it doesn't it doesn't necessarily because I still I still worry about that ranked one thirty one last year. One thirty one. Well, you know, they they were doing like the replay of the um of the Kansas game. It was like Arkansas Day. Auto's on Liberty Bowl, and you're sitting there watching the defensive backfield get just shredded. Yeah. And giving up that league, like, you know, it's like, just like, but, you know, a lot of those guys are gone. There's a lot of turnover in that secondary. And I think, as far as safety goes, I think Hudson Clark had a better year. I think the other guys were just so bad. You know, um, you look at like Simeon Blair, uh, Tom's calling me. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. My dad. Um, Call him back later. But anyway, so, you know, Simeon Blair, you know, you look at it, he transferred out. He was a team captain, had the C on his chest. He ended up transferring to UAPB. Yeah. I, I think there was a – the what scares me more about the secondary is anything. I think one deep, we're good. We're good. One deep, we're good. Now, obviously losing – um, what's, what's his face? Quincy McAdoo. Um, Quincy McAdoo. And I didn't mean to disrespect Quincy McAdoo. He's a – Outstanding. That hurts. That's already taking a hit, hit on the death. Um, but you know what? You gotta, you gotta. I, I think we're gonna see a much improvement. I think you saw whole hell's whole wholesale changes on the defensive coaching staff, except for you know, up front. I think the secondary is definitely coached by all new guys. Um, mm -hmm. he's got two coaches back there, one for safeties, one for corners. I think. Yeah. I if nothing else, I want to see improved tackling. If they catch the ball, fine. Get them down. Yeah, yeah. Don't let them keep running. That's 
and I, I and, think, I, and I think that's on Sam Pittman. Well, I think Pittman even owned that. Yeah, I think he owned it. And you got to keep in mind this is Pittman's fourth year as a head coach. You know, he's a uh, so I mean he he's learning. I mean he's been coaching forever. Yeah, but but man, so well, and that brings me to a question that I just thought about, Clint. Go ahead. <clears throat> and I saw this on Twitter the other day. Someone put, uh, what are your feelings about Sam Pittman as coach? I'm high on him. I think he's a great football coach. And I think if nothing else, he's left it better than he found it. And I think he gets it. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have another coach to come in come in that cares as much and gets it as as Sam Pittman. Yeah. Um recruiting's good. I think you know he found some culture problems and he got rid of the culture problems. Yeah. And uh Pittman's going to win some games. I I I'm I'm not down on Sam Pittman. I'm high on Pittman. And I I I think this team's going to be very very good. I just I think you look at last year, you know, the secondary was bad and KJ was hurt a lot. You get you have a middle of the road secondary, you have LD KJ Jefferson, this team goes eight and four, nine and three, ten and two. Yeah. We didn't have those things, so it was six and six. Yeah. And so I thought about it when I saw that on Twitter and I, I didn't respond to the person, but I want to preface what I'm gonna say with this. And I mean this. There's not another coach in college football I'd rather have than Sam Pittman. I w- I think I'd rather have him than, than Saban. Yeah. Just because, and, and look, I'm you know people would say, well, you're an idiot. Okay, well maybe I am. Agree. For the reason you're talking about, he gets it. He gets Arkansas. He gets he gets it. Okay. Now, just because I think that highly of him and I wouldn't trade him for nobody. Okay. We still have to look at ourselves. All of us do and see where our weaknesses are, where we can improve. Right. And I think Pittman has struggled some making head coaching decisions. I think he second guessed himself at times. I think he's been some inconsistencies and some of his um uh some of his head coaching decisions i think he's let his i think he's let some of his uh assistants have too much of a say at times he's trusted them uh you know he needs to trust his assistants but in the end it's his decisions you know and i think he's let some of the things they've said um in some decisions you know, especially, you know, we, we complained about some of the calls Bryles was making. Okay. Well, in the, in the end, Pittman's the one that okays some of those things. Yeah. Okay. Some of the timings of those trick plays and stuff like that. Yes. Bryles may not have, should have made those calls, but Pittman's on that headset and he's hearing what he's saying. And he, he needs to be the, the the voice on there saying, "Okay, buddy, that let's not try that, <laughs> you know, or this ain't the time." Well, and I, I agree with A and M's a great example because you had your foot on A and M's throat. Yeah, you had your foot on their throat and you tried to get cute. Yeah, and I get it. A cutesy play probably would have broken their back, but yeah, playing them straight up and just dominate them. You didn't need cute. And and that's the thing. I think Pittman's wired to keep his foot on the throat. I think, I think yeah. he's wired to do that. And that's what I'm saying. I think he lets, I think he lets his nature of just wanting everybody to have a say and, you know, everyone to have, you know, there's, there's times for that. Okay. And that's a great quality to have as a leader, but there's also times when you got to say, no, this is how we're going to do it. <laughs> and so that, that's it. I mean, that's, that's, he's learning that. I think he learned a lot last year. So I'm anxious to see what this year is going to look like. I, th- I no, think he's learned a whole lot for the season, but you know, that was his third year. And you really want to be honest with you that first year. I don't even think should count. 
No, no. I mean, you go three and seven, all SEC schedule. Yeah. But you know as well as I do, that first half of the Georgia game, second half it got out of the way, first game he had as head mm-hmm. coach, you're just like, this This is this is a different – I mean, mm-hmm. to come in as quickly as he has and just completely change the culture. Yeah. Go from club dub. Yeah. To you know, turn that to, to damn one. jukebox on. Turn that damn jukebox on. Uh, I got me a shirt that says it. So it was uh, yeah. just he gets. He's the right. You know, he's he's the right guy for the job. Him, he is. Us, he's, I mean, he's got catchphrases, but it's because they've happened organically. He hasn't, yeah. you know, just yeah. Try he he he's just genuine. He's real, and I think yeah. kids, kids get it. And I'm looking forward to the season. I am too. I, I really I'm ready am. for some football, man. Ready for it. Yeah. We're in the last full month without college football. So, yep. Yeah. Travis, we made it through another one, my man. We sure did. Yeah. Guys, we're sorry. We'll never neglect y'all for two weeks again. We're sorry. Well, we're hey, sorry. real quick, Clint, what have you been watching? Yeah. You know, I finished Barry. I finished it when I was in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I was watching. Um, you know, there's all these shows you watch and you get mostly invested in, and you just hope they get the series finale right. Yeah. And Barry, I'm not just saying this, is the best series finale I've ever seen. Really? Like, you just, you're just like, wow. You know, it just, it was good. Guys, if you haven't watched Barry, I can't say enough good things about it. Bill Hader's just brilliant in it. Really? Just brilliant. And yeah. So do yourself a favor, check out Barry. Super duper. Super duper good. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little wrench in our what are you watching? Oh, oh, not do something a little different. Yep. Um, a friend of mine texted me here a while back, said, Hey, have you uh checked out this book? It's uh by a guy named Eli Kaner, Eli Kaner, yeah. I think he's a he went to OBU. He's from Arkansas. Um, this book uh, is a fiction book, and I I ended up I bought the which my buddy had done the same thing. I bought the audio book, so I listened to it on, you know, on uh, off my phone or whatever. So I was listening to it while I was driving a lot and stuff like that, and. uh it was excellent. It's called Don't Know Tough. Okay. It sounds kind of weird the way it says it. But it's about a uh it's about a coach that's moved to a town, a fictional town called Denton, Arkansas. Okay. And he's coaching a small town football team there. He moved from California and uh drives a Prius <laughs> and uh he got fired by his own father-in-law who was the athletic director there. He wasn't winning. So his father-in-law fired him. So he got a job in Arkansas and moved out here. And, um, was, and he's got a running back named Billy Lowe and, uh, Billy's got a troubled family and troubled just making some, you know, just it, it's based on Billy and just the tough life that he's lived. The coach himself grew up in a tough life. Um, and they go through some <laughs> interesting things, man. It's, it's got, it's got a lot of, got a lot of action in it. It'd make a great movie. Um, it's probably got, will be in one day. I will, I will warn you. It's got, uh, it does have some language in it. If you're not used to reading books that have some language in it, it's got some language in it, but it's, uh, it's excellent. And guess who in the, in the story, guess who they, they play in the playoffs. Village Academy. No, I wish. <laughs> no, the Beard and Bears. Oh wow! Okay. So yeah, they were they were going to play the, the and, and I'm doing a podcast. The voice of Beard and Bear football. That's right. I'm the voice of Beard and Bear football. Travis Johnson. And then uh, one of the characters in it, uh, he had a chance to go to college. Southern Arkansas University's mentioned in it. I think Arkansas Tech's mentioned in it. The Harvard of the South. Yeah, it's a. Uh, so he uses some things from Arkansas, you know, 
and then he uh but he'll um but like i said the town the official town i think is kind of like a delta town and it's a it's a fictional town I mean, there may be a, a dent in arkansas but it ain't big enough to have a football team that i know of so anyway check it out y'all don't know tough it's an arkansas boy wrote the book you know if you like you know if you don't if you're not big in reading uh get the uh, his, it's well done he reads and does like some of the voices and stuff for the um for the audio book so it's it's excellent it really is it and it leaves you kind of a i mean the, the ending's good um and to be honest with you clinton it's one of those that at the end of it you just want to sit down and talk to somebody about it yeah and i and i haven't been able to talk to my one friend that i know that read it so he's kind of busy yeah. right now so i'm like he's he's traveling right now so i was like man See, because I need go, someone else to read this book, so I can't or to listen to it. Because you know, when you go, if you haven't read this book, how much I assure you, I have. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I haven't read a book since 1983. Well, um, this would be a good one to come back on because it. Yeah. I'm telling you, I think any anybody any you know, it's just you know, it it's got some sports stuff, but it's also just man, these you know people coming from some tough situations and yeah. it's kind of a uh really good just kind of depicts what a lot of people in arkansas you know i mean like all over but people don't live in kind of growing up in poverty and struggle you know so anyway and um check it out don't know tough so we got a, that's our second ever book review yeah and right. i didn't read either one of them yeah so anyway all right folks well seriously thanks for watching and listening and paying you attention better like share and subscribe right now like share right. subscribe comment comment on us tell us what you think i'm tell only gonna wear tank tops until you like share and subscribe that's right <laughs> only tank tops that's right hey happy fourth of july yeah i hope all of you have all your fingers come to the fifth that's right don't be careful with your firework safety. Don't don't let them black cats blow up in your hand. That's bad news. Bad news. All right. Clint, enjoyed it, brother. Later, taters. Have a good one. Sweat. One. Filthy. Dirt. Harvest. Hurt. Kingdom come. When I work, my hands get filthy down in this dirt. Won't see no harvest till I hurt. Crying in your kingdom come. Listen. I wake up in the morning. I bow my head to pray. Mama told me if I don't, ain't nothing gonna change. These prayers breaking up hard drive so I can sow the seed. In a friend and and pain. Lord knows I gotta follow his lead. That's why I sweat when I work. My hands get fed.